0: As of three months ago, we've implemented the four day work week for our product and tech teams. And it's been, we are the first company in Mexico that's done that. And it's amazing. So we haven't sacrificed on any product roadmap. We haven't sacrificed the quality of our product. And we're working really well with a four day work week.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Fintech Leaders Podcast, a show where we will learn from today's global leaders that will dominate the 21st century in fintech, business, and beyond. Coming to you from New York City, I'm your host, Miguel Armaza. For this first episode of 2022, I bring you a recording of my live keynote conversation with Maya Dadu on stage at Lended Fintech Latam in miami this past december maya is the co-founder and ceo of Worky, a groundbreaking all-in-one hr software and payroll platform for latin american smbs founded in 2017 workey is backed by top investors including qed leap global partners and many more Uh, in this conversation we discussed the intersection of fintech and hr tech and the steps Worky is taking to roll out fintech products the significant importance of the head of people function and why startup founders should look to hire a head of people as early as possible the state of talent management in latam and why this is a massive opportunity for companies like worky And just a lot more. So, what we're we're going to be talking about um, HR technology? This also, I love this because I feel like hooking into payroll is a way to give people access to credit that they simply could not get any other way. On or or if if they have access, they can get it at a substantially lower rate. I think it's. It's a way that we're going to really scale financial inclusion, scale access to credit, probably better than just about any other method. So we, we wanted to go to this in depth. So please join me in welcoming Maya Dadu from Worky and our good friend Miguel Amaza from Gilgamesh. Hi, Peter. Yeah, hi. Thank Let's you. you. Thanks Thank you, all. Peter. All right. How are you, Maya? Hey. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Great. So uh, it's good to be in person, right? I'm excited. Finally, yes. it's taken two years. Absolutely, and we're all waiting for this. But uh, th- thanks for taking the time. Super excited to hear everything about working about the HR space mm-hmm. in Latin America. But I think we can we can get started with just a general question, right? Maybe you can start painting the picture of the state of HR, tech, and employee benefits in Mexico and in Latin America, particularly compared to what's going on in the U.S.?
0: Sure. So let me start by saying it doesn't exist, right? And that's why I think um, I'm here. What we started realizing, um, and I started realizing more in a a personal matter, was that when I moved back from San Francisco to Mexico City to start um, tech operations, the last area in a business that had technology was HR. So here you are fully onboarded in financial softwares, in marketing softwares. But the last area that actually had any single ounce of technology was HR. And what we saw is that 99% of companies are scaling HR teams with Excel. Because there's been a lack of innovation across the full stack of HR responsibilities. And you can think of it as maturity. Um, When you go over to Brazil, HR managers are much more advanced in the way that they think of retaining employees, in the ways that they think of giving their employees access to benefits. But when you look at Mexico specifically, I think it depends a lot on the um, current context, which was that Mexican employees were actually receiving Minimal wage when it came to Social Security because of the outsourcing impact that um, these firms had. And it's only up to six months ago when it was abolished. And now Mexican employees are finally declaring to Social Security Institute the full extent of their actual salary.
1: And this is affecting companies across all stages, but your target market are specifically technology companies, Mm -hmm. right? But also you go beyond that wanted to zoom in on something. We were talking offline, and, and you mentioned that across early stage tech in Latin America, attrition, annual attrition is about 60%. Is that accurate? Annual
0: attrition in Mexico for SME workers is 60%. So you have 20 million Mexicans working in SMEs, and 12 million of them are rotating jobs every single year. This is insane. It's insane.
1: I mean, but... It's also an opportunity for Worky, right? It's huge. So maybe maybe tell us what are some of the initiatives and and products that you've been rolling out for this.
0: So when you think of it, like, why is the rotation so high? You have to think of it as a coin with two sides. On one side, you'll see, I mean, what is the penetration of HR technology? Does it even exist? And we saw actually there's none. Every single innovation that there is in HR technology is very focused around rotation, uh, around recruiting. But recruiting is the first lab in the first part of the chain. And as you go across into onboarding, retention, um, reviews, et cetera, payroll, there's nothing. So let's start with that, right? There was nothing there. And the flip side of the coin was actually really interesting and what led us to start um, in HR tech, which is when you look at Bernardo, for example co-founder of flat. Once he starts working at flat, we'll say like, you know, are you committed to your role? How are you doing? And actually they said, no, I'm not committed to the company that I'm working for. Because I've actually had no transparency into the company operations. But moreover, when you look at benefits, not a single benefit. All you have is social security. You don't even have insurance in many companies. So when we started plugging and looking into that information, we said employees have to be directly attached to payroll. And payroll cannot reside separate from HR. So therefore, innovation had and started to be with us. Let's start with HR automating every single aspect of an SME's um, HR functions. Then let's start with payroll. Because payroll actually is full of incumbents. You have, you have 4 million SMEs, and the 3.8 million, if not more, are using on-premise softwares, not even cloud softwares, and these payroll softwares are not connected to any HR software. So it's every bye week when you're working with um, managing your own company payroll, it's a bunch of Excel that's being exported, onboarding, and ultimately, it's not even direct payment to Bernardo. It's actually uploading NXL, putting it into Bebe Uwea, and making sure the payment is dispersed.
1: Wow. So I guess this, at the end of the day, this is a fintech conference, right? <laughs> so let's talk a bit about your fintech Roma, Because mm-hmm. arguably, you started with non-fintech products, Correct. and that's HR solutions. But now you're starting to roll out top-of-the-line fintech products, mm-hmm. right? And, and how, do you, how do you do this? as a company that's already been around mm-hmm. for a number of years. And then do you partner? Do you do it in-house? Right? What's been your decision?
0: It was very thought like? over because what we realized is that if Miguel as employee at Gilgamesh goes to HSBC and asks for a, a payroll loan, HSBC will completely deny the loan because they don't know who Gilgamesh is. Moreover... You've been working at Gilgamesh for under three years. So they have no data on Gilgamesh. And so tendency is you would go to these SOFOMs, regulated lenders but non-financial institutions, and you say, hi, I'm Miguel, I want a payroll loan. But they actually will not give you a loan because you're an SME worker. All of these SOFOMs are loaning to public sector employees in Mexico. Why? Because once you land a cushy job at public sector, you will never leave. You'll stay there for 20 years, so they can always find you. So what these companies need is they need three things. You need data set on employees. There's no one creating a data set for employee market. No one. Second is that you need, you need the engagement from employees. Because what all these SOFOAMs are doing, especially payroll loan lenders, is they're physically installing a kiosk in the company lobby, so that when you walk by, you'll know the actual benefit. So there's no way to scale going on from loaning to public sector or loaning to enterprise market from 5,000, 10,000 employees to a company that has 20, 50, 100 people. It's simply, it's not cost efficient if you don't do it digitally. And then third hand, what we realized is you need a payroll integration. You cannot offer benefits after the payment has been disbursed to Miguel's payroll account. You need to push it beforehand. So having control of payroll was something that we needed to build. So what we're working is currently now is we've built all the data set for HR. We have a 25% daily active usage engagement in the platform that as an HR software is insane. And then finally, we're going more into um, developing our own payroll solution for the SME market.
1: And I guess you, you mentioned loans, insurance, and also saving solutions. Mm-hmm. Is there one of these that employees are demanding more than the other?
0: Yes, it's loans. Loans over wage advance, and you have to think of the Mexican market very differently. When you go over and you have waste stream in the UK, you have rain in the US. The benefit that they provide employees is wage advance. Because in these markets, employees will have access to loans. Whereas in Mexico, SME workers are deprived of loans. And so that is the benefit that they want the most. Second is wage advance. We see third, savings. Actually, savings is the highest, highest, I would say, it's the most popular with the least conversion. Hmm. Right? And then insurance. No one knows insurance. And when you ask Miguel hey, is Gilgamesh giving you insurance? You won't actually know because no one understands insurance from an employee perspective. So there's a massive opportunity to start scaling first in terms of loans, wage advance, then having create a a creative solution into savings like the 401k and finally insurance.
1: In a market like the US, if you wanted to roll out these products, you would have the option to partner with some very sophisticated players. Mm -hmm. Is that the case in in Mexico, or are you having to build a lot of this in-house?
0: We're having to build a lot of this in-house. So we've had to build every single aspect of our HR solution in-house. There's no software that we can plug into. So when you start thinking about why is Worky entering time and attendance, because there's no cloud solution for time and attendance, same as the recruiting, same as in 360 reviews. So when we started and... Our idea was to create HR, integrate to payroll. There's no cloud-based payroll solution that's scalable from SME to enterprise in Mexico. Yeah. And that's why we're building the full tech stack.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that with other companies across the region. Mm-hmm. And I guess it has its challenges, but one of the big advantages is that you're building your moat. Exactly.
0: Right. And that's why it's so much harder for any... Um, ADP doesn't exist in Mexico. And you can think of ADP as the global payroll processor. With no code of its own in Mexico, it's all through partnerships. And so building payroll requires an incredible local and legal understanding. Interpretation of the law is key, which is why we have a massive advantage.
1: <laughs> and I guess we've all read the headlines of the great resignation, but you actually have insights into hard data. First of all, is this the case? Is that something you're seeing in the data? And you know, how are companies reacting? Are they paying more attention to the people function?
0: They are paying a lot more attention to the people function. And it's really interesting to see the evolution of HR managers across the pandemic, because when we looked at the data set in Worky and thinking, who was the key person that did not get fired in the pandemic? It was HR. For the first time, HR was the most sought-after role in an organization. And HR managers in Latin America navigated these last two years going from the people or the person that will bring you the cake, the person that processes payroll for you but you don't actually know and understand, to a person that has a seat in the table and sits directly with a co-founding team or with a CEO. And within those responsibilities, it's really interesting to see that when you ask HR managers how they think the CEO is running the business, 73% will say they're running it in the best way. Fully on board with the way that our CEO is running the business, but when you look and ask them, how do you think your CEO is working and is taking HR decisions, only 23% think the CEO is taking an excellent decision in HR. So it speaks to a lot. And I would say this, again, has two sides of the coin. One is that HR managers are not well-versed in business. And so when they think that a CEO is making the decisions, that's why they fully respect and say they're doing and taking the best decision that there is on the table. So HR and the biggest, I think, challenge as we go on to next year is how do you create that business mentality within the hr
1: reminds person. me last year i interviewed adolfo Babats from clip mm-hmm. who specifically said that a couple years into the company they hired a head of people and they turned a corner they, they saw automatically a change internal and external it actually helped the business so you know we have a bunch of early stage late stage entrepreneurs across you know the entire spectrum is it too early is it ever too early to hire ahead of people?
0: It's never too early and if you're thinking of starting up have ahead of people start within the first 5 people of the team. The ability that you'll have into recruiting and retaining is drastically different. I would say that there's a watermark in Latin America. There are 40 people per every person in HR teams. And you won't hire this HR manager until your team is 40 people. And this is ridiculous. Having been able to scale from zero to 40 people without a manager, it's not scalable. Because who's making and who's taking all those decisions? Firstly, you probably have horrible first-time managers, because that's a massive challenge that we have all across Latin America. Second, you as a CEO are blocking the whole decision on hiring and on HR. And as a CEO who's giving you feedback on any HR decision that you're making, that's why probably 20% think that you're actually doing a good job at it. Yeah. No?
1: And from your point of view, I mean, what kind of company culture have you created a Worky to attract you know, the best talent? Because th- there's clearly a, a race, call it a war, or something for talent in, in Latin America, particularly in the tech scene.
0: It's bad. And with five unicorns in the country, it's getting worse. And what we've had to do is, as of three months ago, we've implemented the four-day work week for our product and tech teams. And it's been, we are the first company in Mexico that's done that. And it's amazing. So we haven't sacrificed on any product roadmap. We haven't sacrificed the quality of our product. And we're working really well with a four-day work week. I think that we can afford to do that because we are in the HR space, and so we need to walk the talk and think of it of how did we prepare the company over the last six months to be able to get to this point where it's been effective. hand is creating an amazing time manager. That is a huge difficulty that we're having all across Mexico and very specifically across tech companies. These people, it's the first generation that's worked in tech, and so your ability as a company to promote them early is there, but they've never managed people, and so in a way, you have to think of how you're going to evolve, Miguel, over the next year to become a manager, to give and receive feedback, to make sure you have everything in place, and I'd like to think that managers are your first branch of HR. It should never be HR that you're so dependent on. It should be the managers that you've trained very well. And third is aligning workies, mission and vision throughout the organization, and make sure people are accountable to directing us to that mission and vision.
1: Yeah, in in my interviews, oftentimes, almost always, the the CEOs are adamant about the, the culture, internal culture, particularly those who've scaled very successfully. Uh, I think we have some some questions from the audience. Uh, I like the, the first one, which is talking about the resistance that you're getting from potential clients. Mm-hmm. Probably it's not just cost, probably there are other factors uh, that are stopping people from joining Worky.
0: <laughs> when, or, if you look at the typical HR manager, there are mostly women between 27 and 37 years old. They need technology they want technology they're looking to implement that so there's actually no resistance on them looking for a software it's the lack of availability that that was preventing them to adopting that earlier and in terms of resistance in cost there is no cost but what is interesting in our pricing model is that we always look that we always know that the hr manager needs to scale the decision to acquire a software but it's never been fastest when you look at the adoption of software right now across Latin America and across SMEs, the decision of implementing a $20,000 software, HR managers and managers across the company feel that they can take it and, implement and acquire it in under three months. And Worky is essentially, it's a very affordable solution. It's between $3 and $5 per employee per month when you look at this benchmark across Europe and across the U.S., it's probably 6x, 10x more expensive.
1: I think we'll go for one last question. And speaking of the four-day work week, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly a revolutionary decision, particularly in a market like Mexico. What's uh, What's been the result? Uh, are people just working more every day?
0: Yes. At least for the first month, our product and tech teams working were working longer hours. And as we surveyed them uh, this last week. What they've mentioned is that now they are running with much more productivity. So they've cut the fat in productivity during the week. We've reduced the number of meetings. We've learned to communicate in a written form and kind of like squeeze everything that we can out of Slack and documentation and confluence and whatnot. And now they're running with a more stable work hour. But it's interesting who's been affected and I'd like to be more transparent on that, it's our customer success team. They are feeling that the tech replies are taking a little bit longer because we have our tech team very focused on getting to the end of the sprint.
1: Well, Maya, thank you so much. Uh, I think we're all going to be watching uh, the successful road ahead of Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode with the charismatic Maya Dadu, co-founder and CEO at Worky. If you want more interviews, make sure to subscribe, follow and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your shows. It helps and means a lot. As always, I want to extend a very special thank you to the great editor Rafael Ostria for his amazing work behind the scenes. Signing off till next week, I'm your host Miguel Armasa.